Hi, this is The Recovering Perfectionist. I'm Claire Barton and you're in the right place at the right time. If you're starting to feel like some of your perfectionism is really getting in the way of you moving forward, getting started or finishing anything, this is absolutely the right show for you. This is rehab for your perfectionism, baby. So grab yourself a glass of wine or a cuppa and let's get stuck into it. I have got the amazing Anna Siebert with me today and Anna is um, of her beautiful self-titled business, Anna Siebert, and in my words, she is a complete motherhood guru, a parenting guru, a um, birthing and and pregnancy and she does all things motherhood, babies, pregnancy and all sorts of amazing things and I'm very inarticulate in explaining that. So Anna, would you like to tell us more articulately what you do? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Um, wow, what an introduction. I do work from all the way from pregnancy through birth and then into um, parenthood. So I've got two really distinct phases of, of what I do. So working with the um, pregnancy and birth and immediately after the birth because they're kind of all like that one continuum. And then a whole other separate bit, which is once all the dust is settled, which, you know, usually takes quite a few months, three or four years later, (laughs) we we start to go, oh, okay, now I'm needing some help staying calm. And that was my mum that just came out of my mouth and I swore I would never say that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, yeah, the two very distinct phases of what I do. Beautiful. So um, for anyone listening at home, for those listening at home, um, Anna and I have, I guess, kind of known each other for, I don't know, probably roughly a year or so. We we move around in some of the same circles. We've done a bit of work together. But most of all, I guess I've asked you to come on because I just love your messaging and I love your group, your Facebook group. And I love all of the uh, space that you hold for mums and women to go, oh, I'm not coping, this is shit, I, this is too hard, I need some help, I'm, this, I'm not the mum that I wanted to be, I don't have time for everything. And it's that total, one of your hashtags is raw honesty, which I just, oh, it's such a breath of fresh air in Facebook land to have a place where you can just go, <laughs> uh, I'm not coping <laughs> exactly. and not exactly. have any judgment and not have any, like I, you know, some moments when that sort of thing happens, you don't even want help. You just want someone to go, yeah, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, so I guess that was that's sort of one of the main reasons. It's such a, um, it's, I guess it's so close to my heart because I think, you know, like a lot of mums who have businesses and little kids, I have started mm-hmm. a business because I really want to spend time, some more time with my kids. But then, mm-hmm. um, you know, just like in the early days, there's this back and forth between I feel really guilty for spending too much time in my business. I feel really guilty for not spending time in my business and spending too much time with yeah. the kids um, and all that sort of thing. So I guess I just wanted to sort of, you know, have a bit of a chat about it with you and, and get your points. I know you've just finished um, your beautiful course, Calm in the Chaos, and round two starting early next year, which is super exciting. So I know that you are the complete doyen of all things motherhood and balance and being okay with where you're at. So tell us your stuff. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <Where do> well, I- <laughs> well, where do I, yeah, where do I start? Um, I guess I initially got into this because motherhood, it was a massive shock. Um, I, yeah, type A personality and also I came from a a health science and social science background, so I was into all the research and, um, but also I had always, you know, I'd I'd always been looking for ways to get more connected with my intuition and 
um, I think I got to a point really early on because my daughter, I'd worked with kids and teenagers for a long time and I knew something wasn't right. Um, yet everybody told me, just being an anxious first-time mom, just relax. If you relax, she'll relax and everything will be okay. But my mum radar was just like screaming at me, something's not right. And I did end up falling into postnatal psychosis even, which was incredibly, looking back on it, it was really scary how close to not making it through I was. Um, and after after the dust settled, I realised that I'd been accumulating all of this information, accumulating, 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 and and I had made sense of it and I'd I had this completely different perspective of parenting that didn't fit a parenting philosophy. Um, and I think we get too caught up in some of those, like I, those labels or those identities or listening to the experts. Um, yeah. and, and I was looking around at these mums who were struggling and I was just going that there's got to be a better way. And eventually people started asking me to help them do, you know, do the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, the same thing for them. And in terms of balance, I think it's actually something that we we never fully we never fully find. What we do yeah. find, though, it's a really strong connection with our own inner compass that shows us, okay, today I'm out of balance over here, and it's sort of it's more intentional. And this bit here, the next day we're doing more of this, and we're not looking for a perfect balance in every moment or in every day, but. Over the big picture, everything's kind of evened out. Mm, I totally. I love that. And I love something that's sort of come onto my radar a bit more recently is the buckets kind of theory. Like um, you've got all these different buckets or cups or whatever you want to call them and you've got to, you know, keep filling or topping or letting out a bit and it's kind of like managing your buckets of bits and pieces. So managing your buckets of yeah. time and business time and financials yeah. and whatever success means yeah. to you and family stuff. And it's the same with the children. So it's yeah. not, like you said, it's not like saying, okay, well, every day I've got to spend two hours on this and half an hour on this and it's just not what it works. And I, I'm a really big believer in also following the energy with whatever's kind of pulling you in a direction yes. for one reason yes. or another and yes. being okay with that and not going, oh, but I'm supposed to be mm, X, Y, Z today. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's about, yeah, going with kind of what, what feels right and what's necessary. And that's, you know, at the end of the day, that's the whole point of it really because we start doing a business so that we had to be as strict as we were when we worked in jobs. So that's that was right. Point. <laughs> that wasn't it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it, it allows us to follow our own kids' rhythms too because they, mm. every week they're doing something different. Their whole little systems are constantly evolving and growing. And, um, you know, part of the reason that I, you know, don't want to be working full-time in a um, day job is that I want to be able to be present to that. I don't want to only see them for a couple of hours at the end of the day and kind of miss out on that constant check-in. So, um, yeah, this kind of, this, this sense of not having a scheduled balance, but having more like a rhythmic balance. And I am, often teach teach my gorgeous clients about, um, yeah, finding that rhythm that works for you and your family. And so what are some of the things, obviously you work with mums who probably do uh, quite a very, like a various thing that, you know, some of them do businesses, some of them are home full-time, some of them are in Mm -hmm. jobs and that sort of thing. Is that correct? Is there anything you kind of find, like what, what happens to make the mums go, I need Anna. What's the, what's the thing? Is there a thing or is it just an opportunity that they see or is there often 
a, a thing that's happened that kind of says I need some Anna love in my life. <laughs> I think it's usually some kind of critical tipping point and mm. that um, they get to a point where they, they're, not, they're not okay to keep struggling anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Um, either they're yelling to actually a lot of mums that um, come to me want help stopping yelling and mm. one of the incredible women that I've been working with um, in my Calm in the Chaos course even said that her yelling has dropped down by 90%. Wow. It's amazing. Um, and so yelling is obviously a symptom of something else that's going on. Exactly. Which exactly. is? So it's never about the yelling. Right. It's often, um, so there's a combination of a few things. So we've got the kind of neural pathways that were laid down for us through the way that we were parented. So there's no way to escape that unless we start getting really honest about that and becoming aware of it and allowing our brains to find new processes. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. Um, another thing is really connecting back with ourselves, um, and and the other thing, and I think all of us are really guilty with this, especially with like all our smartphones now, mm-hmm. um, is is the lack of presence. Mm. And those those moments creep up more strongly when we're not being present. Oh my gosh, it's so true. I um I've had a couple of moments, probably I don't know six or eight weeks ago or something, when I just I felt like I had the mo- this light bulb moment, and I was it, and then knowing that it was a light bulb moment was kind of embarrassing and kind of like oh my god, Claire, what have you been doing? Because I'd had the same sort of thing like three or four weeks of just feeling like oh the kids are driving me crazy, I can't get anything done, whether it's around the house or the business or something, and they're in daycare three days a week and at home the other mm-hmm. four. Um, and obviously mm-hmm. on the weekends when there's um, my husband here as well. But on those two days, I was just like, oh, what is wrong with them? That was my words. What the hell, right? And I know yeah. when it was coming out of my mouth, there was a little voice going, nothing is wrong with them. Have a think yeah. about it. Claire. And I was like, no, I just, I can't get anything done. I was getting really frustrated. And then yeah. like, I was really, really thinking about it. I was like, this just sounds so ridiculous now that I'm saying it in the past tense. But I was really thinking about it, like, what can I do differently? And I was thinking, maybe I need to schedule more things in. Maybe I need to make it like, right, 8 to 8.15 is book reading time. 8.15 to 8.30 is Play-Doh time. And, like, that was where my head went, idiot. Yeah. But that's what that's one thought that I had. <laughs> then I was like, actually, maybe I just need to not have any plans and not try and do any work and actually just sit down and play with them and do what they want to do and follow their lead and follow their energy. And guess what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And oh, I, yeah. <laughs> you know, we had this beautiful day and there was no fighting, there was no yelling, there was no there was nothing. And just having gone through that, I felt so ridiculous for not realizing. And like I know on, on a practical and logical level, I totally know that was the case. But when I was in that moment, I couldn't see the forest for the trees. And all I wanted to do was send that email. And can't you just give me five minutes to send this freaking email? And I was getting really angsty about it, which then they were feeding that energy. And yeah. all of that sort of thing. So I think that's again where it kind of comes into that. That presence is definitely, definitely a massive thing. And yeah. having, I guess, yeah, having other things in place that means you can still be efficient and effective in other ways yeah. or at other times yeah. of the day or the times of the week or something, mm-hmm. actually makes the whole like more things happen anyway. Mm-hmm. Exactly. To get your head around to it is. It is. And and. And to take away the judgment on ourselves about that because, you know, when the reason that we do go into that hyperdrive kind of let me just get this done and then I'll 
I'll handle you and, yes. and that kind of stuff. That that's a learned response. That is a pattern that we have been doing for many, many years. Um, and it's not, it doesn't just change overnight. It doesn't evaporate magically when we give birth. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> damn it. Um, and it's actually, I, I find parenting is like the biggest self-development mm-hmm. experience yeah. that we can go, we can go through. And so taking away the, the judgment, like, oh, as if I couldn't see it, because um, this is this is a pattern that's allowed you to survive. And right. this is a pattern that has let you achieve so much already in your life. Mm. Um, and we're actually having to totally rebuild our lives around these new little people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and still find time to prioritize ourselves because mm. without doing that, then we do, you know, we end up running too dry. So um incorporating new perspectives and changing the way we look at our expectations um, mm-hmm. and also realising that some really conscious time out from our business actually is really good for our business. Yes. I find those times <laughs> after like I've spent like a full day with my kids being, you know, really present. Sure, I'm exhausted, but my brain is like, oh, all these new yes. things that I couldn't see before because I was so stuck in that rut of yep. I've got to get. Of moving forward. Get. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. And I think part of that, um, that it, and it's an issue, I think, or well, it's not an issue, I shouldn't say it's an issue, It's but it's a part of whatever you're doing, whether it's a business or a job or parenting or relationships and that sort of thing that it's so important and I realise this more and more every week to actually stop, just to stop, like consciously, if you had to schedule the time in to stop, schedule the time in to stop and reflect and review rather than just this, all right, I've ticked that off my list, what's next? All right, I've ticked that off my list, what's next? It's like, um, And I'm all for moving forward. I'm all for, you know, keeping on going and that sort of thing. But it gets to a point where you're moving forward for the sake of moving forward and there's not actually any reason for it in the end and like and I've gotten into this this thing and you know the first year of my business has been such an eye-opener for this sort of thing and self-reflection and going yeah like you know you spend two or three weeks going I've gotten all this stuff done why am I not where I'm supposed to be and then you realize all the stuff that you've been doing wasn't moving you towards your goal and that's Mm -hmm. cool it's all been a part of the process but you know especially you know when you're parenting as well that you've got these plans and these ideas of how a certain thing is going to go, whether it's an event or an outing or, you know, a yeah. period of, you know, your children between six and 12 months or something like that. And yeah. you get to the end of it sometimes and you think, what the hell just happened? Like yeah. driving, driving your car and not remembering how you've driven home or something like that and you can't quite yeah. work it out. So that's sort of time to stop and reflect and, and be okay with whatever's happened but yeah. use that information in terms of your decision making and your behaviours in the future. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. and and changing the perspective around what <laughs> productivity is in parenting, mm. um, because I think one of the things that we struggle with the most when we become parents, when we've come from working full time, is that we no longer have measurable outcomes. <laughs> yeah. And, you don't get those, um, uh, what did they used to be called, performance KPIs. reviews and yeah. KPIs. No KPIs. Well, they're still alive um, at the end of the day and if they've had a shower, you should get a bonus really, right? You should. You totally should. We definitely um, we definitely need a lot more bonuses. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's, and the reason I think we struggle is because there are so few people that are providing a different framework 
yes. to, to to sort of see parenting and their needs. Yeah. Um, we can't we can't tick box our mm. parenting because our kids are they're people, mm. and when we come from that really task oriented um, list making, oh my god! Like I just it, it really, really threw me and um, I couldn't, I even, I even tried to work out, you know, do the most efficient navy change. <laughs> of <course you> did. <laughs> um, it just like, it just, it doesn't work. And at the end of the day, I had to totally about face, actually, it wasn't about face. It was really blowing open that whole idea about what, what does success in parenting mean to me? Mm. And for me, it was I wanted to provide my kids with a childhood that they didn't have to recover from. <laughs> as much as I love my parents yes. and as much as I know they did their absolute best, mm. um, I've spent a long time and I'm still recovering from my childhood. Interesting. And I know that there is no way for me not to fuck them up somehow. That's just yeah. it's not going to I'm a yeah. human and yeah. it's there's always going to be something yeah yeah there's multiple things like they really probably I'm very happy to fork out for their counseling um (laughs) when they get older yeah but at the same time I want to do everything I can to minimize that Mm. and on the side of that because obviously if we focus on what we don't want to do that's what we end up creating the (laughs) flip side of that is that I want to (laughs) right I want I want to raise kids that um, are secure in themselves mm. and have empathy and compassion and know what they want and they know how to use the resources around them mm. um, in compassionate and kind ways to get those things done. And so when I worked that out, uh, that's when I went, oh, okay, so right. Yeah. All of, like, I mean, I used to teach neurological development classes for kids. Mm. I um. I, as part of my social science degree, had studied some developmental psych. Um, I majored in anthropology um, in a different, in my social science degree. um, And there were a whole lot of things that I was pulling together on top of all of the, um, all the research that I've been reading in my kids' first 12 months of life. Um, that, that's all I could show you the number of research papers that I've read. Um, I just went, oh, right, this is kind of like the missing, this is part of the missing link. Yes. We're missing, we're missing this kind of this other end game mm. that's not measurable and you can't do a research paper on this <laughs> because it's, it's not measurable. It's not a thing, yeah. No. So I think the the two awesome things that I just want to pull out of what you've just said is that you've got to understand, and it's probably a process as well, what successful parenting is to you and what that actually means to you. And what successful parenting means to you mm-hmm. won't be the same as what the successful parenting means to the next person. And that's totally okay. That's right. As long as you're cool totally with it. Totally okay. That's cool. And that may be something yeah. that also evolves over time or it changes yes. a little yes. bit. It doesn't have to be. You don't have to, like, write it down and that's your end game sort of thing. It's always going to be a moving yeah. thing. And I think the really important thing or the, the thing that is, a, like, a real message to tell people is that no matter what you do and how good your intentions are, something will go wrong and your kids will yeah. probably blame you for something at some point in their life. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. 
But like you said, if you know that you've got that sort of inner compass and you've got those values and the, the thing that's really important to you, then you've done everything you can. And right. I, um, I had a similar, well, not similar, but um, I did some hypnotherapy and psychotherapy and regression therapy a couple of years ago uh, yeah. for a completely different program. But some of the stuff that came up there was um, was stuff that had to do with my parents. And, and as an adult, I, I now that I remember those things, I say I completely understand why they did what they did and I would probably do exactly the same thing because they were trying to protect me and they were trying to you know look after mm-hmm. me and, and whatever but as mm-hmm. a four-year-old or a three-year-old or a six-year-old or whatever when it happened the first time it was mm-hmm. quite damaging or scary or traumatic or whatever yeah. and has then somehow stayed with me and then yeah. since sort of understanding what that process had looked like for me I yeah. was overanalyzing every single little thing that I was doing with my kids because I thought, oh my god, it, like every every time I look at them, if I make eye contact with them wrong, or if I use the wrong tone of voice, or God, if I smack him on the bum, or like I and I went through this whole thing where I was almost too scared to to do anything with them. Mm-hmm. That wasn't very effective either because mm-hmm. they're little and they have to do have to do lots of things for them too. So I think yeah. what you just said there about you know about that sort of thing is really hit home with me, and I think that's a really important message that. You know, as long as uh, uh, there's a um, uh, inner compass sort of stuff and doing what feels good and right for you and for the direction mm-hmm. that you, you know, want to take your parenting and what that mm-hmm. feels like for you as a person as well as for a parent as well as how you yeah. think it might affect your kids yeah. um, is all part of the package. Yeah, yeah. And if I can talk about that just a little bit more, one of um, there are a couple of things that are important to take away from from that one is that um an action might be necessary but there are ways to deliver said action Mm -hmm. with love and compassion Mm -hmm. um so there are ways to protect our kids and still do so without them feeling necessarily terrified sometimes it's unavoidable yeah and we you know that's just part of life and they our kids also do need to experience to some degree, some of those moments to help build resilience. Having yes. said that, they still need the soft place to land yes. and they need time to process what it is. And it's not so much all of the events they experience, it's kind of the time that they're then allowed to let go of those big feelings and process what's happened. And something that I, um, something that has always stuck with me is I um, have done a couple of circle of security courses, uh, which is fabulous um, little parenting mini-series um, run for, based on all based on attachment research, not attachment parenting, attachment research mm-hmm. and theory, um, and that is that we only need to be good enough parents. And what good mm-hmm. enough means is that across all of the areas of um, needs, so we've got lots of different need subgroups, so we've got like emotional needs and physical needs, we've got nutritional, we've got there are all, all kinds of stuff that we need. We only need to get across the board 30%. Excellent news to, ra- to raise to raise well attached <laughs> decent <kids>. children. <laughs> yeah. Okay. When I first heard, the first time I heard that, I was like, "Win! I can do thirty percent." And then I realized my version of thirty percent was like an average, so yes. I could do like a hundred percent this and zero percent this. And um, when I revisited the course <laughs> about a year later. Um, I was like, oh, no, actually, no. I actually need to pull back on this thing that I do, kick ass, <laughs> and yeah. I actually need to work oh, at developing fun. my own skills. And this is where, you know, just like we upskill for business, we 
every time we come across something that we need mm-hmm. to raise our game with, we do a course. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do the same with your parenting. So mm-hmm. finding those areas where we're not quite hitting a mark um, and allowing ourselves to not be perfect in some of those other areas and allowing ourselves the growth in the ones we need help with. I absolutely love that so much. And I think I have also recently kind of had this, I guess, realisation that, you know, when you have a baby and everyone says, Shame they don't come with an instruction manual. Everyone says that, right? <laughs> Aren't they? Shame they don't come. Or I don't know what I'm doing. You didn't come with an instruction Ooh. manual. You get that guilt trip from your parents too sometimes, yeah. right? And yeah. um, and I think, and it sounds so ridiculous, but that it's almost become a bit ingrained with probably everyone, but certainly with me. And then when I started seeing, I guess, I guess when I kind of became a parent and all of these things started coming into my world, about parenting courses and um, you know positive parenting, all these different phrases. I was like, "What? I don't need a course. You just like what are you talking about?" And now I'm like, "Oh, yeah, that's." To-. And I, I, my husband and I have talked about it heaps of times. It was like, I just don't know what to do. Like, I don't know how to handle this new phase or this new behavior or this mm-hmm. new emotion that I'm having in response to that behavior and that sort of mm-hmm. thing. And I really feel like mm-hmm. I need some help and I need some some like some coaching or some just some strategies like I've watched a few um uh webinars and that sort of thing with with people who are talking about parenting and you know 50% of it sometimes you go yep yep I reckon I'm doing that already and then there's the other 50% you're like ah that's so good I'm definitely going to do that and it's definitely really helpful but like you said I think it's that kind of thing where it's maybe a bit of pride and a bit of like oh I, I don't need someone to tell me how to parent or yeah, um, I you know, and so many people either want to be exactly like they their parents or want to be exactly the opposite. Opposite, they were parented. There's mm-hmm. no middle ground usually. Yeah. No, no. But there are experts who do know so much more about um, you know child development and that sort of thing. And one thing I think I've really struggled with is my anger, and I've never, I've never dealt well with anger because I've never really felt angry. Like I just. I'm, I'm more likely to get disappointed and, you know, a bit pissed off and a bit, you know, sulky or something, but I've never really, yeah. I've never really felt a lot of anger. And so when yeah. I had, um, well, my, my kids are almost four and just over two. And mm-hmm. when the littlest one, uh, sorry, the biggest one started getting to, I don't know, he was about a year. I had this moment of going, oh, shit, now I've got to start parenting him. I don't just have to make sure that he doesn't crawl into, <laughs> crawl outside of the house or, you know, stick something in the PowerPoint. I've actually got to start parenting him and doing, you know, some discipline and doing some uh, some more teaching. And it's not just about sitting around reading books and going and going about how cute he is. But then yeah. that other kind of um, behavioural stuff started pushing my buttons or really started getting me rolled up. And I, I, I and, you know, now I know it was because I felt this real loss of control. And I am a totally self confessed control freak. Um, but I didn't, yeah. like, it just made me angry. But because I'd never really dealt with anger before, I didn't know what to do with it. And I smacked him mm. on the butt once and then I called mm. him straight away in tears, like sobbing. I've just smacked him. And I was so devastated with myself because I'd always said, I'm never going to be a smacker and all yeah. these things. So, you know, back then and certainly now, if I had, I guess, that sort of understanding of someone who I knew I could call on and say, oh, yeah, I to do help, please. Yeah. But I don't yeah. like. I just think your business and the stuff that you do and the stuff that you talk about is so freaking on point and so needed. And 
I just love it. So anyway, oh, thank you. I feel. So I just think it's really important. I think, you know, for so many reasons about just giving yourself permission to be cool with wherever you are and understanding, yeah. you know, your own processes and your own needs um, as well as that of your kids and, and how you can, if you're doing a business from home and that sort of thing, how you can make it a bit more harmonious for yourself. Yeah. Your kids, yeah. The rest of the family who's got to deal with you and your crazy. That's business. right. And, and it does it does seem like a lot of the parenting advice out there is really prescriptive and it only fits you know particular circumstances and you know you have to have a fit a kid that fits whatever they're they're doing um and what gets lost out almost every single time is is somebody in the equation mm-hmm. so they're either so focused on looking after mum that it's okay to call your kids total shits and to treat them actually quite abusively. And some of the stuff I've seen online, even by quite um, quite public people, that is, is could only be described as public humiliation and shaming. Mm, and I think we forget correct. that our children are people. And yeah. and yes, it can be. It's like they they pull us right to the very end. And <laughs> you know, and I. <laughs> I shared on my business page one time about this a text message between two two girlfriends, and it said, "Um, that's it. I'm selling my kid on eBay." And the friend message is back, "Nah, man, you made an Etsy." <laughs> and, <laughs> Love it. And you know, they they do really push us to that extreme, but that doesn't yeah. give us the right to then resort to like really quite abusive Damn strategies. Them. Yeah. Mm. Having said that, some of the other camps then require us to sacrifice ourselves on the altar of glorified motherhood and we lose out in the equation and then eventually our kids lose out too because we cannot be the parents we want to be if we're not investing in both ourselves and our kids Mm, totally and I I think that that martyrdom thing is such a subculture almost that yeah um and I don't really know where well I do know where it comes from I guess it comes from guilt and some other place, I suppose, but it's, it, it always sort of strikes me. And I think someone, I think my dad actually said it to me in the early days when I was getting like an hour's sleep every 24 hours and my eyes were hanging out of my head and I had personal depression yep. and all that sort of rubbish. And he, yep. I think, said something like, you don't have to be a martyr. Like you can, you can go to the shops. I'll look after the baby. You can go to the shop. And I went yep. to the shop. I went to do some errands and I was planning on being out for two hours. And I think I was gone for about 20 minutes. Yeah, you don't you just go and spend some time, like just go and chill for a little while. But I, I had this yeah. overwhelming feeling, like I don't know, guilt or like I was going to be judged mm-hmm. if I wasn't one hundred thousand million percent focused just on my baby. And if I took yeah. a shower in the morning, that was kind of luxurious, yeah. and I was yeah. being selfish. But it, <laughs> and I, you know, it's that filter, and I think it's a process that probably most people go through to some extent or another. Um, most ones yeah. go through. Um, yeah. Yeah, so gosh, oh, it's just, it's crazy scary. And it's, uh, I wish that you'd been around when I was <laughs> in, my, in my world anyway. I know you're around, but, but yeah. the, good, the good news, the good news is that um, nothing is hardwired. So, mm. you know, yes, those first three years are, are pretty critical because what's happening, the reason they talk about the first three years being critical is because when we're born, a lot of our nerves aren't myelinated yet. Mm. Um, and that process finishes at about age seven, um, but has like a massive, a lot of, a lot of it's, you know, by three is sort of done. And it, part of the idea of it being critical came from the concept that, that we, our brains form and then they stay like that forever. 
Mm-hmm. So you've got this teeny tiny window where you have to get everything right. Um, <laughs> otherwise, you the no pressure. <laughs> yeah, that's right. No pressure. And by the way, we're not going to actually help you do this. We're just going <laughs> to expect you to be super mum. Just go away and don't. Oh, you failed. Okay. You suck. Yeah. Next generation. Um, <laughs> and so, the good news is we actually know that our brains are plastic for the the rest of our lives. And yes, our kids' brains are growing and developing, and we do have a really amazing opportunity to set them on a really positive trajectory but we can't do that unless we ourselves have been through that kind of changing ourselves. yeah and most of us like we hear about detoxing before you get pregnant making sure you're fit and things that you should be eating before you're like to conceive and then while you're pregnant and no one talks mm-hmm. about in the mainstream media about the emotional preparation for having kids and yeah. looking at your own um formative years like your pregnancy your birth your first three years Mm -hmm. and the kind of neural processes that happened in that Mm -hmm. um and helping us to create more of a clean slate slate leading into that wow so so you know given that most of us are quite wonderfully imperfect The good news is that our kids' brains keep growing and changing and so we've got, yeah. it's never, ever, ever, ever too late. We've got yeah, the opportunity end. for their mm. whole life yeah, to, to keep being able to um, inject them more positivity and help their brains, you know, process the stresses. Mm. Um, and, that, and that's really what it comes down to is we don't want our kids to go through life with absolutely no stress right? because when they encounter it, they'll have absolutely no way to deal with it. it. Yeah, that's right. We want them to, We want them to be able to encounter the stress process it effectively and release it and we're kind of the you know the our role as parents I see is to kind of guide our kids through that process and also lead by example I suppose if we've got good processing mechanisms not just um guilty bottling it up and nothing yeah yeah, that's it that's it um show don't tell (laughs) yeah that's right yeah that's That's right right. and that's why that's why they don't do what we say. <laughs> they do what they do. <laughs> Good reminder. And, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, it is, it's pretty, when they start quoting us and you see us doing a, that same body language or, That's you know, it scary. is a really good reminder and it's not to, not to take that and let it drive into our heart and feel like, you know, failure as parents yeah. is to go, oh, this is a good mirror. This is a good reflection. Um where's my trigger what's going on for me mm. that this is a pattern and so using it for positive rather than for shaming so I want to come back to that but first of all I just want to ask um, you mentioned about that whole kind of pregnancy and pre-birth preparation in the mental sense in that kind of getting ready emotionally um, and I've I've talked to about just about anyone who will ever listen I feel the same the same sort of thing like I feel like I was so well prepared for I knew everything through my pregnancy. I was very involved in everything. I like I read lots of articles, books, talked to lots of people, talked to the doctors and the nurses and the midwives and all that sort of thing. I totally knew about the pregnancy, um, the labour, the birth. Like I felt like I, I was just, I was practically midwife. Hashtag practically midwife. Not really, but you know what I mean. Like I, was really, I was totally yeah. across that. And then I, um, I left hospital seven hours after my first child was born. It was nine nine o'clock at night when we left. And I remember mm-hmm. we put him into the car and we kind of both just looked at each other like, did they just, did they, is someone coming to check that we've done this right? Did they actually just yeah. leave the hospital with this baby? And then mm-hmm. we were starving. So we got some food on the way home and then I didn't eat it because I was so worried about what was going to happen the next day. 
if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. <laughs> so I didn't touch it. Yep. Then sure we, do. Literally, we were at home and our dog was here and the two of us were here and the baby. And it's 10 o'clock at night and we're like, what, do, we, do we have to feed it now? Do we put it to bed? Like what? We had no idea. We And it was that moment of going, oh, I totally forgot to work out this part and yeah. literally just sent us home. And someone came, like the midwife came the next morning to show us a few bits and pieces, but it was certainly nothing extraordinary. And then yeah. the rest of the, you know, then, you know, you work it out or whatever. But I just remember having this overall feeling of, what the fuck do I do now? I yeah. just, didn't even have a starting point. I We had the nappies and we had the nursery, but I didn't know yeah. what to do with it. It looked pretty and yeah. I you know, probably put it on Pinterest because I was a perfectionist and it was a <laughs> But I, I didn't bet know it was what to a- do with this little human that they'd sent me home with and there was no yeah. preparation for that. And I guess, you know, that's I really feel like that's a massive missing piece and I that the emotional part as well as the practical part is massively missing. And Mm. then the parenting part that actually comes after you've just kept them alive and they're not a baby anymore, the parenting stuff is a completely new kettle of fish. And then the parenting and the different relationship with your partner or with your family or with your friends and, God, it's just such a rabbit hole, isn't it? So I I, I think it's a massive, massively missing part. And you've got a course around that as well, haven't you? Um, no, I do one-on-one stuff. Oh, yes. oh one-on-one Pre- stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. So preparing for birth, I do have a course on that. Um, but generally, like all of that emotional stuff is, is kind of one-on-one. I think because yeah. people have such different levels yeah, sure. of yeah yeah cool. but it's yeah good idea I should probably um bundle something up and <laughs> send it out <laughs> all right so I think um to wrap up if you have you got any sort of top tips that you would give to mums whether they're doing a business or um uh you know competing bits and pieces like what, what are your sort of top things or, or some of the the top issues that you see that you can overcome in a uh, next couple of minutes on the podcast <laughs> sorry I've just I lost you that last oh, sorry time. what would be your top, top, your top couple of tips of what you can of what mums can do if they're feeling that sort of overwhelm or if they're really trying to juggle things and not feeling quite themselves or what, what are some of the the most common things that kind of come up for your clients and what, yeah. what are your top, I suppose um Sorry, what they come up for my clients and and your top fixes for them. Okay, um, okay. So the top things that come up, um, probably um, that they that they're really struggling with the yelling part. Um, that in itself is actually really complicated because, like we talked about before, it's a symptom. But often there is a little pause in between seeing white and the sound coming out of our mouth, mm-hmm. um, and there's a kind of like a little gap where time stops still. If you can grab that pause and hold on for it, hold on to it for dear life, mm-hmm. then that often stops us from the yelling happening mm. um, and gives us a moment for our rational brain to click back uh-huh. in. Dan yeah. Siegel talks about us flipping the lid. So um, this is our pretend brain and we've got our brainstem, which is very primitive, and then we've got the limbic system, which is all our emotional and memory processing, and then we've got our very rational brain on top of that um, last night. Um, so the rational brain in that moment where we start yelling, it kind of like, it disappears. So we kind of flip our lid um, and we're all, if you can grab that moment, um, Mm -hmm. often, you know, that's, that's enough to stop the yelling, but it's not going to stop 
necessarily the process mm-hmm. that leads us to yelling in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're feeling really overwhelmed, reach out to people that you can trust, mm-hmm. not who are going to either bombard you with advice, and I do <clears throat> tend to do that a little bit. Sorry, everybody. But um, <laughs> that are just going to hold space out. for you and let you vent. Yeah. Um, but also I'm not going to let you descend into I'm an absolute failure, my kids are absolute shits and this was, you know, allowing you to experience the emotion really honestly mm. but also letting you hold the perspective mm. um, because sometimes it's just getting off our chest, it's the shared experience. Oh, totally. One of the biggest issues is that we've lost the village and this is a way of, you know, creating that virtual village. Yeah. Um, and then also making sure that you are, are paying attention to yourself. Mm. Um, are you getting any time alone? Are you getting alone time with your girlfriends? Are you getting alone time with your partner? Mm. Um, where is your identity outside of your children? Mm. Oh, it's so gold and I um, I can't wait to do some work with you in the new year, definitely. I'm awesome. super excited about it. <laughs> I've really gotten to the point recently with a three-nager and a terrible tour. I know I'm not supposed to use those things, but seriously. Um, well, just quickly, the, the brain processes in three teenagers is actually what it's very similar to what happens in teenagers. So you know, right? I'm so <laughs> down the track. Then it's gonna be great. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I must say, my my kids are pretty good. They have their moments, definitely. But I think it's, and I know retrospectively, it's my stuff. It's my shit that I need to. I don't know, make some changes with and make some, some, I guess, some decisions and some strategies rather than just trying to kind of do everything. Um, I'm really excited to, to get, to get working with you next year. So if um, anyone else who's listening wants to get in touch or follow you or lovingly stalk you or work with you, (laughs) um, obviously there'll be um, some links down in the show notes, but is there anything coming up for you that you want to um, quickly talk about um, now? Yeah, sure. I am about to start running, um, another series of webinars um so some stress webinars and some some parenting webinars um the links for them haven't been finalized yet so if you're interested you can just email me at hello at anaceva.com.au or you can stalk me on facebook because all of those details will be up there too all over there as well awesome well it's been absolutely just beautiful talking to you i've been mentally trying to prepare myself for this all week (laughs) because i really thought that this was going to be the one that I was going to cry in and I'll probably go away now and have a little bit of a moment because it does, it just gets me so ranty and so emotional about the whole the parenting and the journey and the story and all of that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. I love that you've um, created some space for me and everyone and anyone to share that and to be totally oh, beautiful. I just want to reach through and give you a big cuddle, but thank you so much for coming on today and um, so welcome. Thanks I look forward to chatting with you again soon. Excellent. I do too. Thanks, Thanks, bye. Bye. Yeah, bye. And that's it, my darling. Thank you so much for listening. It's been wonderful having you here. I'd absolutely love to connect with you in my Facebook community over at bit.ly forward slash The Recovering Perfectionist with capital TRP. We have heaps of fun in there. It's a very engaged group. We're all about getting over our perfectionism and actually getting on with the job, whether it's personal or business stuff. So come on in and jump in. I'd love to see you there. All right, talk soon.